San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. And if you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear us stream on any device uh, as the show airs on Saturday nights. And it's time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished marathon runner. He's a best-selling author and lecturer and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm great, Joe. I'm happy to be home. I crisscrossed <laughs> the country from like San Diego to Denver to San Antonio to Houston to Boston and back. Oh my gosh. Uh, all business trips or some Well, sort of. You know, my wife, Mary, owns the women's professional tennis tournament that runs every year down in San Antonio, the San Antonio Open. So we were down there uh-huh. to watch part of that Masaki Doi uh-huh. won that event and the, the big um, the big uh, I guess event uh, was Stan Vavrinka showed up the number four player in the world because he's dating one of the women players and he had uh-huh. lost in a heartbreaker the night before in Indian Wells so he jetted down and showed up at the McFarland Tennis Center in San Antonio which is really big news because yeah, we, did. we didn't expect him to show up. Yeah, you were at Indian Wells. How was that this year? Oh, Indian Wells was fun too. Djokovic won that again. And of course, uh, Mazarenka upset Serena in the yeah. finals. Yeah. But then we took off from San Antonio to Boston, went from 110 degree weather down to about 40 degree weather. We actually left Boston a day early because we heard it was going to snow and that was a good decision. <laughs> Otherwise, we probably wouldn't even be home yet. But, uh, but you know, my wife Mary's running the Boston Marathon, but yeah. she wanted to meet her teammates with Zoo New England. Yes. And so we um, went back there and stayed in a what flat is, in the South End. What, and is the, what is the date of the Boston Marathon? It's Patriots Day, which is Monday, April 18th. April 18th. So we had a big fundraiser over at Zoo New England while we were there on that Saturday. We also ran about, you know, 12 miles of the course, like the Newton Hills and so on, so she could get familiar with the now, course. But anyhow. Now you're going to run it in a special Yeah, but condition. let me tell you the funny story about my wife, and then I'm going to tell you what I'm doing, and all we'll right. wrap it all up. All right. Um, so anyway, they have this charity event at Zoo New England last Saturday where it's, you know, come out and meet the members of the Zoo New England racing team that are going to run the Boston Marathon. Now, so, Zoo New England is, is the New England Zoo or what is yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the zoo in, you know, in Boston. They're it's just a little founded, dis- founded in 1912. They're just a little dyslexic, but okay. Yeah, founded in 1912. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, I have to go pee, so I go in the men's room and above the two urinals, there's this this advertisement for this event that we're at and it's, you know, for the event we're at, but it has a photo of the running team, including my wife. In the men's room? In the men's room, correct. Now, Uh-oh. fortunately, there was there was no phone number there, just your picture. Okay. But it was, you know, come the, on out and support bring, this did charity Did you bring a magic marker with you or no? Well, anyway. <laughs> so I was laughing my head off. This is hilarious. So the marketing director of Zoo to England was there, Sandra David Dow. So I said, hey, Sandra, I love that thing you put in the men's room above the urinals. I said, that, I said you're an absolute whiz at marketing. A whiz. Very good. Um, yeah, very good. I, I said, your innate sense of, you know, drawing attention to the cause is just amazing. That's one in a row. So anyway, okay. but that, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just didn't expect to see that in the men's room okay. in Boston, uh, my and, wife's And that photograph. leads us into what next? I, I'm not sure. But. Well, I thought now you're, you're running this blindfolded, right? Oh, yeah. So anyway, so so much for their number one marketing idea. Number so one. Anyway, okay. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm also running two days before the Boston Marathon. I'm running blindfolded the 5K because two days before the marathon itself. And Mary's actually going to be my guide. I'm running the 5K blindfolded to raise a few extra bucks for the Perkins School, Perkins School for the Blind, where Helen Keller went to school because, well, some people know the story. I didn't take up running until I got my eyesight back in January of 03 after losing it in um, 
late 2001, and that's when I took up running, and of course... And you, you lost your eyesight and gained your 40 pounds, right? Yeah, so I had to lose weight, so yeah. that's why I took up, you know, and of course, now, Move Your Feet Before Ute Foundation, the Oceanside right. Turkey Trot, eighth largest turkey trot in the country, so I thought, man, I'll do something that has to do with being blind and running, so I'm going to actually do that 5K blindfolded to see how it is yeah. to run. So that's if you want more information, I know we got some stuff up at iymoney.com, also on the um, my Facebook page, my wife Mary's Facebook page. There you go. Support the cause. Wonderful. That's good Wonderful. stuff. And then three things real quickly about my kids, because I promised I'd mention them all. Number one, my middle daughter, Mia, went to the Bernie rally down at the concourse this week. The Burning Man rally? Yeah, Bernie was in town. Oh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Burning Man. But it, Bernie uh, Man. Yeah. Hey, that's a good one. Bernie Man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to patent. I'm going to copyright that. So I said, <laughs> I said, hey, Mia, is parking free? Well, she didn't think that was very funny. So anyway, the, the moral of the story, everything with Bernie's free, except parking's not going to be free, because they had mm -hmm. to pay 15 bucks to park. Well... That but that's how the, that goes. That goes to the city. Yeah. And then congratulations to my youngest daughter, Demi, 19-year-old sophomore at San Jose State, made the Dean Scholar list again. And then, of course, happy birthday to my son, Evan, who just turned 25. Wow. I'm going to shut up now. Bye. How about the pets? How are they doing? They're doing great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, last week, Tom Dreesen, what a great show. Uh, I've had several people tell me they, they really enjoyed it, including Sean here. He listened to, to, the, to the podcast. But um, I forgot to mention to him that, you know, I went on the tonight. I, I mean, go on. I mean, I, I got I was a friend of a guest, Sam Blotner, and um, got the first time I what I think it was 22. And uh, of course, I got to ride in the limo with Sam from the hotel to, nice. to, to NBC Burbank. 22 year old kid. You know, I mean, I thought I died and went to heaven. Uh, I thought I'd do the smart thing and wear a jacket and tie. Well, I get on, get back, get to the show, and of course, everybody on the cat, the you know, the crew, they all in blue jeans and whatever. So they're everyone's looking at me. They're thinking it must be Fred Silverman's nephew or whatever. <laughs> so I'm backstage like ten minutes before the show. There's this big like wagon with coffee on it. I'm getting a cup of coffee. Who comes up? And someone said, never talked to Johnny before the show. Blah blah blah. And comes he comes right up next to me and he's like three feet away i've got this cup of coffee i couldn't even i was for once in my life i was tongue i could not turn my head or even i didn't want to say i didn't do i didn't know what to do but uh, I, I promised myself from that time forward i would never get tongue-tied again and i think i've done a pretty good job of <laughs> yeah. untying it but I, I did i did have another chance to get up there and meet him after after a show where he was walking off with diane carroll and he did say good night and i actually brought him a gift and that was i think the last time uh i went up there when uh, when he was on there but but uh, that was like early 80s, and then Sam passed uh, as well. But, but I mean, what great memories. And I forgot to mention, in 1977, uh, I did send some material up to his talent coordinator, and Johnny did use it and say my name on air. And some, I, Did I ever play that for you, Richard? Yeah, some I think you mentioned that on the bonus yeah, track. which is kind of cool. Yeah, so it is cool. I listened to that. My, my claim to fame. Exactly. <laughs> Joe on Carson. But anyway, with enough delay. We've got enough delay. Hey, Sean Puckett with California Republic Bank. Well, do you want to follow that? Well, Richard, come on. we gotta, we got to, when you do the intro, you have I to say know. We have two guests in studio. Joe, two, you want to two, introduce our two, guest? Yes, I would like to do that. <laughs> he always reads the last chapter first, Sean. Potter. Anyway, with us, we have a we have a great sponsor of the show, fan of the show. He's also senior vice president for California Republic Bank right here in beautiful UTC. His name is Sean Puckett. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks for having me back, guys. It's fun to be back on the radio with you uh, jokesters. Yes. So, yeah. And to your right is a noted consultant who uh, here was here for your program last week. Um, she's an author and a health and performance consultant and a keynote speaker and a PhD. And her name is Heidi Hanna. Heidi, welcome to the show as well. Hey, guys. Nice to be here. Excellent. So let's get to it with Sean. We have a couple of minutes. Um, Sean, obviously, senior vice president. Do you want to talk about the mission of your bank real quickly here? And 
Yeah, thanks, Joe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, California Republic Bank is still somewhat new to San Diego, but not new to California. Um, and so we're just spreading the word about a kind of a new look mm -hmm. for what a bank can do mm -hmm. in a great town like San Diego. So, you know, the focus is offering private commercial banking services to individuals, businesses, investors, and family offices. Mm -hmm. And all of those that we serve generally invest primarily in commercial enterprises rather than passive investments. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, since 2007, California Republic Bank has, has remained one of the safest banks in the country. And we've got five offices here in Southern California, which is Newport Beach, Irvine, Beverly Hills, Westlake Village, and now San Diego. There you go. And you've been in the industry yourself quite a while, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, this is my 16th year as mm -hmm. a banker, mm -hmm. uh, serving, um, you know, the same types of clients. And um, just just love, I just love people. I like solving problems. Um, I've got the banking experience and I just bring my relationships experience to every meeting and see what I can do with it. Yeah. And, um, and a couple of years ago, Sean was named one of the 40 most influential under 40s in San Diego. He's no longer under 40. <laughs> 40 people to watch under 40. So, oh, the secret's out. I've yes. passed the 40 mark. Yes. Dang it. It's all downhill from here. Let's yeah. give the yeah. website crbnk.com. And we've had Lane Elliott on, your principal there. And uh, uh -huh. boy, what a, he's been in his entire life. He, he just reminds me of the old quintessential, you know, the guy who's, uh, you know, school of hard knocks and, and just... Learned the business from the ground up from from his early days in Los Angeles, and um, and it's great. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, banks carry a lot of assets on their balance sheet, but anybody that knows Lane mm -hmm. knows that one of the biggest assets at California Republic Bank is Lane Elliott because of just what you said, Joe. Yeah. And uh, boy, talk about, he told that great story about getting that client. Uh, he needed a big multi-million lo dollar loan for a, a big real estate transaction. Over, over the weekend. In a matter of days. Yeah. <laughs> Usually these things take, what, 45? Well, yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about that. You yeah. know, as a bank, if you're trying to be everything to everybody and you don't know where you play well, um, you're going to be busy being busy all the time. Mm -hmm. And at California Republic Bank, we know where we play well. We focus on that. And so when we get opportunities with the right clients you know, we can operate at lightning speed and that's, that's critical. Yeah. We have to take a little break though, right? now. I'll be back with uh, Sean Puckett and Heidi Hanna right after these words. Hang on. All right. We're back with Senior Vice President of California Republic Bank, Sean Puckett, and also Heidi Hanna, business consultant, author, health and performance specialist, and uh, welcome back. Um, so, Sean, let's, uh, obviously, we talked about Lane Elliott a little bit. You guys got some pretty good uh, recognition here, rated number one by Credit Suisse and uh, on your website. Uh, yeah, some it's pretty cool things. Yeah, here. thanks. Thanks for noticing that. It's it's really critical um, to our mission to remain uh, to be a very safe and sound bank. And so uh, we're really proud of the fact that we've never had. A, uh, a problem loan or a loan loss in our commercial banking portfolio. And uh, for a bank being around seven years, we're not sure if there's another bank in the country that could boast that. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, you know, we know what we're doing and we're making sure that we're not taking undue risk with our clients' deposits. Mm -hmm. And uh, many of our clients have uh, multi-million dollar deposits, uh, upwards of maybe even 50, 70 million on any given day. So mm. um, those safety and soundness ratings are critical to our mission. But Sean, speaking about Safety. I, I know you're dealing primarily with wealthy families, family offices. There's another form of safety that's just been huge in terms of the news, um, cybersecurity or security in general, but particularly as it relates to 
the internet and cyber. I know you guys are yeah, being experts there, correct? extra steps in that yeah. regard, huh? Yeah, and I think what we've done is we've leaned into it. We've noticed the problem, and instead of putting it back on the clients, uh, we've developed our own proprietary way of, of helping our clients with it. And um, I, I, I've been having trouble, you know, how do you frame the conversation of cybersecurity? We all talk about it, we all know about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I was having lunch last week with our chief information officer, and he framed it really well. He said, you know, remember in the Wild West days, there was bank robbery, money stealing, mm -hmm. you know, robbing trains, all that kind of stuff. He said, well, that's all come back. But the new age is the cyber theft and the criminals are very sophisticated crime syndicates in mm -hmm. you name the country, you know, China, Russia, what? North Korea, whatever it is. Right. Um, and it's not, you know, in these crime syndicates, these people are highly educated. They know English. They know how to crack into the emails and, and watch email traffic and learn the way someone communicates and then start sending dummy emails to mm -hmm. people that control money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can imagine the many different threads of how that works. But, I mean, can you imagine waking up, you know, you, to send your kids off to school then you go to a high rise into your crime syndicate and you work on a computer hacking into other countries' money all day and then you go home and put your kids to bed. I mean, this is a, this is a business. Yeah. And so we have to be ever more vigilant about how they're doing this. So we're on the cutting edge and the leading edge of looking out for this. And, um, you know, we, we've got a closed loop wire transfer system that we've built that we supply to our clients. So we configure the hardware, we put it in their shop, and it's a closed loop system that cannot be hacked. And then communication between your client and your bank, it, it's pretty secure as well, right? Do, the, do you have like a, a dedicated uh, iPad or anything like that? or? Uh yeah, so we actually buy and build iMacs for our clients um, mm. that only transfer money. And like I said, it's a closed loop system. Wow. Um, so that's that's leaning into the issue. And, you know, we're really proud of our IT department, which we do all of our own IT in-house as opposed to farming it out, which most community you're, banks would you're do. You're probably so. leading in the industry in that regard, huh? You know, as far as I know, as far as I know, we are. Great, great. Yeah. Have I you, think the biggest compliment we've gotten, though, was... Uh, Recently, a friend of mine said, hey, my, my friend owns XYZ Company, and um, you know they had a wire that went out that their, their employee got duped to send the wire out, um, mm. and the employee had a false email that came in, and mm -hmm. she uh, paid attention to it and mm -hmm. did what the email said, which was not the right thing to do. Right. Uh, normally, in that case, the money's gone. That's mm -hmm. it. See you later. Mm -hmm. uh, it gets transferred to another bank, then it gets transferred out of the country. Well, our team got all over it. We got to the other bank. CTOs talked, they figured it out. And the biggest compliment we've gotten was the FBI agent that was on that case told our client, he said, it was an absolute miracle that you didn't lose money. I don't know what your bank did or who they are, but that was unbelievable because in, you should have lost that money. You were inter able, able to intercept that, huh? Yeah, then? Wow. yeah no, I know. While Mary and I were sitting either in Denver or Houston having lunch, changing planes, she got hit and had like 15 transactions, all of small amounts, right out of her account, like in a matter of two minutes. Unreal. I mean, unreal, just like that, boom. The sophistication is is just way beyond, I think, even where we think it yeah. is. And so we have to be mm -hmm. ever vigilant. And, and let's put an FYI out there for folks. Uh, and, and I don't know if your banks had this uh, happen to you, but, you know, you'll get this email from Chase Bank or, or one of the banks, and it looks like a legitimate email. And they well, they want your, uh, they say, update your, your, your password information or whatever. And, of course, it's called FISH. And mm -hmm. uh, once they get into that, they can get a lot of your, your personal data and probably compromise your, your financial 
situation. Yeah. Does that happen to you guys at all with fish at all that you know of or not? not well, so. so our clients, um, hey, listen, here's how it works. You know, mm. back in the old Wild West days, um, the train robbers knew where the money was. Mm -hmm. The new crime syndicates, they know where the money mm -hmm. is. So our clients that hold on to big deposits, we're educating them. We're helping them understand what exactly what the different techniques are, what out to look out for. Mm -hmm. And um, the solutions are actually pretty simple. It's called going old school, you know, pick up the phone and call somebody, confirm yeah. something. Mm -hmm. um, we all know that big companies aren't going to ask you for your personal information over the Internet. They don't do it. So if you get one of those emails, it's I, fraud. You know what I do? I, I, um, I guess it's fish report. Talk to your ISP, your, your, your internet provider, and find out what email you want to forward that to somebody uh, at, their, at their office so they can follow up on it, uh, hopefully, and maybe contact the person, they're mis the, the, the business they're mis masquerading as well. I send it to the FTC as well. Uh, there's a web, um, I think it's ftc.gov, I forget the, um, you know, the beginning of it, but, but uh, at least look around for that to help alert people. And of course, yeah. delete it. And um, and uh, good luck with all but that. I think the main <laughs> takeaway here is that we, we lean into this. Yeah. You know, we everybody in the bank is 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 well versed in it, mm -hmm. and and we're looking at it and focusing on it constantly. Yeah, it's just a darn shame that it's uh, international now, and it's hard to you know bring the people to justice when they're you know thousands of miles away out of the country, right? Yeah, it's just assuming you can even find them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's bring that is adding to my stress and I'm so glad that you brought it. <laughs> Mine yes, too. <laughs> yes. Because that leads into, uh, you had a great program last week and I think a client uh, kind of uh, asked for some personal development or, or um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of our, one out. of our board members uh, was at our last uh, client event and he said, you know, I'm really into longevity and brain health and productivity. And I think a lot of people are into that too. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you do all that right, that's profitable. Mm -hmm. That's profitable for business and, and profitable for people, even their family mission, right? Yeah. So last week you invited to speak uh, a, a noted uh, you know, author and health and performance consultant. And, and she's been uh, noted in uh, Fortune Magazine, one of the most powerful women in business summit, the ESPN, uh, all on and on and on. Uh, she's written a book, The Sharp Solution, a brain-based approach for optimal performance. She's written many books right. you know, I've got them here and then the, <laughs> and then stress a hall like this is a five steps to transform your relationship with stress and uh, she was just terrific last week working on uh, you know Alzheimer's and uh, and challenged athletes but um, dr. Heidi Hanna welcome to our show Thank you so much. Great to be here. And I am thoroughly stressed out now. Thank you. <laughs> I felt good coming in and I feel worse leaving. P pressure's on now. So, so, so. Com companies and events hire you to help ad address our stress and b brain health. And uh, what, what are uh, some of the some easy steps we can we can follow? Well, first thing is to breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, turn off the noise. So mm. as, as I'm listening to all of this, I'm thinking, you know, it's a pretty good day so far. I got up, <laughs> went to the gym, had a healthy breakfast. And got, got through a few emails. So. You know, it was a yeah. normal day. And then it was cyber attacks, politics, right. terrorism. Um, Photo of my wife in the men's room. <laughs> That's right. That was stressful. Stre you're right. Step one, turn it, it off. You got to shut off the noise. Yeah. Now yeah. I feel bad saying that on a radio program. No, no. Obviously there's this good is noise. A, this, is, this is good information though. Yeah. The, the reality of the situation is obviously stress is inevitable. Mm -hmm. um, but what I have discovered really a lot through my own personal experience is that it's, it's so dependent on the brain state that you're in, that we really have a lot more control than we think about how our brain performs, about how we perceive the world around us, and even about how our brain ages. So, you know, I'm listening to all of this, thinking back kind of on, on my journey to get to this point. And, and really what started me along these lines was my own 
broken brain. I was diagnosed at 12 with panic disorder. And mm. when I would get stressed out, I would actually faint. And people mm. would say, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. And then they'd pick me up off the floor and I'd say, told you so. Um, Anxi- but it, anxiety attack? Anxiety, yeah, it was mm. panic attacks, but it's mm. a little bit different. Um, mm. It wasn't until actually last year that I finally realized it's a, it's something called vasovagal syndrome. Mm. So where most people get stressed and their blood vessels uh, constrict, mine dilate, blood mm. pulls to my feet and, and I take a nap. Um, but the reason I say that is because knowing this, growing up this way, I was also a high performer. I was uh, on a college um, softball scholarship and I did well in school and and able to do a lot of things um, successfully, but yet I still struggled with this anxiety. So it was weird to be very intelligent and yet have a difficult time managing something as simple as stress. So I had Mm, to figure it out. mm, Well, good. Well, we have to take a break right now. We'll come back and solve a lot of these stress issues uh, with Heidi Hanna and Sean Puckett right after this. Hang on. We're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is a time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. A big thank you to our sponsors, as always, UBS, Michael Caranta, and Drew Freitas. Could not do this show without Michael and Drew from UBS, so big thank you there. Our favorite CPAs on the planet, we've got two of them. Jason Kruger, CPA with Signature Analytics, a great CFO firm, about five offices here across the West Coast. Also, our more traditional CPAs, Plato Epic up in San Marcos, Paul Plato and Don Epic. Also, Joel Gruskin, Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. If you want to talk about making money, we also have Berkeley Research Group with Carl Sheeler, helping business owners identify the risks that drive the values of those businesses. If you reduce risk, you increase value. Also, Brenda Geiger, Geiger Law Office, specializing in estate planning and asset protection. Obviously, this week's guest, if you need a place to put all that money that Carl and Joel and Brenda make for you, California Republic Bank. And we also have Hub International, who, by the way, was the other speaker at the Thursday night event with Heidi Hanna, Lane Caruso, joining in with that great presentation. Mm -hmm. Paul Hines, CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. And Paul, of course, heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, um, helping to prevent elder financial abuse. Um, We also have the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Our latest sponsor, Nathan Watkins, with Worldwide Credit, an absolutely amazing mortgage brokerage expert. And, of course, Joe, if you want to talk about great food, we've got a couple of choices there, too, don't we? Absolutely. The Very Good Food Foundation, Michelle Lyrak's a great group, and we'll be uh, broadcasting from her seventh annual dinner again in June. And uh, best of luck to the, her on all that. And, and also Lestat's Coffee House, open 24-7, 365, about to open their third great location at, I believe, 1045 University. Give them about a month, a month and a half, and they'll have another great venue there. That will be cool. Yeah. And uh, we, if you want to find out more about our sponsors, just get over to IYMoney.com, and there's a sponsor tab across the top and a drop-down menu. You can click on any one or all of them. All their contact information is right there in background information, especially California Republic Bank and Sean Puckett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, Richard, uh, Courtney Lover, our great web designer, mm-hmm. she uh, if you wanted to see more about our, our awards, uh, I ha- asked her to put a little, because she has the medallions from the last three years uh, at the top right of the page, but if you click on See Awards, 
it'll take over to a page and you can see all the shows uh, and all the awards they're getting too numerous to mention seven first place san diego press club awards yeah. and including the best Not one the, you know we're the best talk slash interview slash call-in show and you know we don't take that many calls so they uh somebody was trying to make a statement and uh, good for them and good for us <laughs> good for us but heidi had a quick background on you born where went to school where how'd you get into the business that you're in yeah so uh born and raised in portland oregon nice. and uh got as far away from home and went to penn state played for the softball team i was a pitcher okay. there I uh, wanted to be a sports broadcaster and then didn't want to do the time on the road. So I uh, ended up actually getting a master's in psychology and went into a private practice. And what I realized is that most of the people I was seeing who were really struggling with anxiety and depression had issues around nutrition and fitness. So I went back and got a PhD in holistic nutrition, uh, became a personal trainer. And along the journey in studying energy management, I mentioned to you that uh, I had the pleasure of training alongside Dr. Jim Lair, mm -hmm. um, just fabulous, fabulous, groundbreaking research that we did on energy management, started off with athletes and then transitioned into the workplace. Um, but I found myself actually struggling with the same thing in my clients where I was on the road, I was burning out and breaking down. And it was during that time that my third grandparent was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And I actually, you and I were talking about this earlier, I stumbled across a book called Still Alice. And mm. it, uh, it shook me to my core because I was reading a story about a woman whose whole identity was based on her knowledge and mm -hmm. it was taken away. Oh, it gets me goosebumps just mm -hmm. to talk about it now. And uh, I started thinking, you know, if there's anything we can do about this disease, we got to figure it out. So I dove into the research and I was really shocked to discover that there is so much that we can actually do to prevent or prolong the development of Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm -hmm. And it, in fact, it's about 80 to 90% in our control. And so I, I, I kind of stopped doing the work I was doing. I wrote the book, The Sharp Solution, really just to put that content into people's hands and make it really simple to understand that just like the body, the brain needs health and fitness and it needs an intentional strategy to make sure that it stays sharp as we age. And mm -hmm. um, it's really become a passion project of mine. Yeah. I know the subtitle is a brain-based approach for optimal performance. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people, when they think about optimal performance, they don't really think about the brain. They think about what they eat keeping their weight at a certain place. Well, I'm glad sure. you mentioned that, Richard, because what are some foods we should uh, intentionally try to eat more of and less of? Because I do think, obviously, yeah. that what we put in our bodies has to affect our overall health, brain, and everything else, right? Uh, absolutely. And, and to, to get back to the the your question, um, to start with that, because I love that you said that, one of the things I always tell people is you've got to think about who you want to be before you think about what you have to do. The fact that most people get up and look at their to-do list before they think about the person that they want to be and how they want to show up and actually put themselves into the right brain state. They're just running into this amygdala hijack where they're putting out fires, they're in survival mode, they're in chronic stress. And we actually know that the very worst thing for the brain is this chronic unrelenting stress, even worse than all the foods that we hear are toxic for us. Mm -hmm. um, but along those lines, even when it comes to nutrition, it's really not so much what you eat as, as it is how you eat. It's making sure you're eating something every three to four hours. The brain's primary responsibility is to make sure that we survive. Mm -hmm. And anytime we go longer than about four hours without eating, which most business professionals do every single day, we convince the brain that there's a food shortage and that's the quickest way to actually trigger the stress response. Mm -hmm. That and not getting enough sleep. And I guarantee most of our clients, our shared clients have a problem with not getting enough sleep. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I in part blame, you know, the technological revolution sure. um, because we're constantly dialed in texts, emails. I mean, I get phone calls saying, did you get my text from an hour ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, know, you know, because it's like it's supposed to be an instantaneous thing. I mean, I know so many people 
they're just really tired. Mm-hmm. People are tired and then there's a phenomenon happening right now. They're tired and wired at the same time yeah. because of that. And you know, that's actually what led me to write, to write the book Stressaholic because I knowingly took time to take a vacation. I remember like it was yesterday sitting in a hot tub and this particular spa gave directions on the wall of like sit in the hot tub for this amount of time yeah. and then go in the shower for this amount of time. And I thought, well, I can, I can do that. And it only took about 30 seconds till I was literally craving working again. And it's, mm. it's not that I had to work. It's that I want to work. I love to work. It's, it's the passion. It's the fire that we all have. And what people don't realize is that even passion costs energy. And if you're constantly spending energy without replenishing it, that's what freaks the brain out. It's just like your finances. You've got to be thinking about strategic energy management the mm-hmm. same way you do well, how you're balancing your budget. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know if I, I've, I'm sorry, Joe. I, 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 go think, ahead. I think that's why surfers surf like Sean. You get out there. It's totally quiet. It's a totally therapeutic experience, isn't it, Sean? I mean, am I recharging my brain? <laughs> <like> <laughs> I'll write a note and sign it for you. Doctor's okay. order. Okay. Surf Excellent. more. Thank you. <laughs> well, I do the same with golf and people laugh at me because I took up golf to understand my brain better. And just yesterday I was just laughing at the fact that golf so mirrors life. If you think about how contagious it is, if you think about how confidence plays a role, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just all of these pieces and, and really it's an example of what happens to the brain. Stress is contagious. You mm-hmm. know, if you walk into a room and people are stressed out, you can feel it and we can actually measure that now. So mm-hmm. it's realizing that stress isn't a bad thing. In fact, stress breaks us down short term so that we can grow and become stronger, just like exercise, mm-hmm. just like challenges. Well, but it's the unrelenting every day. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. Unfortunately, the cyber attacks that I can't trust anybody's noise mm-hmm. that's really literally killing brain cells. Yeah, you got to talk to my mother about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Heidi, I know, for example, if I make the mistake of checking email before to go, going to bed, I don't yeah. really sleep that well that night. Of no, you should, not. you should. That's why Johnny Carson was so great. We got oh, a good, yes. got a good laugh before. I mean, yeah, I exactly. guess, you know, but uh, we're blessed that we live in a, a great part of the world where uh, we can go to the beach for mm-hmm. a, an hour and walk and just uh, turn everything off. Last week I was invited. Thank you, Lori Black for inviting me on that. Uh, we went out sailing on a friend's boat, about eight people, a nice 36 foot boat, Captain Bob Nelson. You just get on in a boat, uh, in a sailboat, especially and get out on the water, see the city from off of Point Loma there. It's, Boy, talk! I felt like I was on a week vacation when I when I got yeah. back there. So, Heidi, question: can, can you especially tra- after the Bloody Mary? <laughs> <laughs> can, can you train your brain to think differently than it thinks without you attempting to train it? Well, that's an interesting question. So you can train your brain intentionally or you can train it by accident. So every time that you swing through that fast food restaurant without thinking about it, mm-hmm. you're training your brain to do that on automatic pilot. And one of the ways that the brain conserves energy is it keeps doing things the way we've always done them before. The, the thing that I find most fascinating is that the whole field of neuroplasticity, the fact that the brain is radically adaptable as long as we train it, means that every morning when you get up, if you can write down three things you're grateful for, if you can read something inspirational or if you can do my favorite strategy which is watch something funny or find something funny share something funny you shift your brain into a more optimal state that now sees the world around you as having the potential for abundance instead mm. of getting stuck in survival mode yes. so that is strategic intentional brain state training yeah. and it really works we have an assessment now an inter- uh, integrative neuroscience assessment that will yeah. actually show those brain patterns and how they change mm. over Great. time and we'll talk all about assessment humor diet and all that other good stuff with dr heidi hannah after this break Hang on. All right, we are back with Dr. Heidi Hanna. Sean had to get to a meeting, but um, 
So great to see you. That's the Avengers theme, by the way. You're too young to remember that, Heidi, I'll bet, right? You're too young to remember that. Uh, you don't know that show. <laughs> the Emma music Peel. sounds familiar. Emma Peel. <laughs> it's a long time ago, Joe. Yes. But um, let's get into, should we uh, want to talk about diet a little bit? Because, I mean, you sure. said it doesn't matter. what you, I, I avoid sugar. I don't think we should be eating any sugar. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard's all got his whole foundation going about mm-hmm. helping kids. And I do think schools are getting... Um, uh, a lot more aware. Do, have we finally banned soft drinks in, in schools yet? Because I hope we have. Yeah. Uh, Most have. I mean, water, let's get back to the water. And yeah. by the way, I just want to commend, uh, Michael Moore did a film called um, Where to Invade Next. Whatever you think of Michael Moore, I don't know, but uh, he goes over to different countries in Europe, and uh, one was France, and he goes into a grade school, and one of the classes is, um, you know, actually eating, and they serve these kids lunch, and it's, I think it's like a three or four or five course meal, and they mm. teach these kids how to eat with a knife and fork and a plate, and they're wow. all drinking water. They wouldn't even drink the Coca-Cola, uh, the soda, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, there's a lot to be said for, you know, for diet and um, um yeah, right. We shouldn't be. Yeah, absolutely. The ca- the ca- and, and I don't mean to to say that it doesn't matter. It certainly does matter. I mean, it's just that we tend to focus on the things that are less important. Right. And the most important thing is that consistency, that regulation. But you're absolutely right. I mean, sugar, cups, processed sugar is ab- caf- absolutely toxic. And, and caffeine, we're all addicted. And myself absolutely. Included, so. and, and part of that's just we're so run down that we're looking for any sort of stimulation to keep our energy up during the day instead mm-hmm. of getting the sleep we need, instead of disconnecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with regard to the schools, it's interesting. I'm on the national board for an organization called Blessings in a Backpack. And I'm mm-hmm. thrilled to, to share that we are actually raising money right now for an initiative where we are going to do brain-based foods in the schools. One of the challenges we've had is our budget is so low. We feed Mm -hmm. kids on about $2 a weekend. Mm. But one of the issues is that people see things like fruit juice, for example, Mm. as a positive, you know, because they're going to get the fruit they need. Fruit juice is just sugar, people. You know, it's it's not better than having a soda, in fact. Eat the whole orange. You got to eat the whole thing. And and there's a lot of other things out there. So what we're trying to do now with this initiative is we're actually going to do some uh, assessments ahead of time and look at what the food choices are that the kids are making both at school and at home. And by implementing an educational curriculum, which we're calling Beyond the Backpack, um, we're going to see if we can actually change change the choices that they're making. And we're going to present it instead of being the food pyramid, we're going to present it as a way to keep your brain healthy. And we're going to do that here in San Diego. So I'm mm. really excited about that. That's cool stuff. But hey, question about your book, Stressaholic. Yeah. That title suggests that stress is addictive. Am yes, I right? Yes, yes, yes. It absolutely is. And so here I was in that hot tub thinking about how much I wanted to go back to work. And when I forced myself to relax, I realized that there was actually like a detox process happening in my body. So I dug into the research. I'm a fellow with a group called the American, uh, the American Institute of stress. And fascinatingly enough, there's tons of research showing that the neurochemicals that are released in the brain when we experience stress are just as addictive as sugar, cocaine, alcohol, the other things. And it makes sense from a stress junkie, from a survival perspective, Mm. your brain wants you to pay attention to what stresses you out. And so you get a release of this Mm. dopamine to make those pathways secure so that you remember next time. And sure enough, it becomes addictive. Wow. So we've got to examine our trigger points and, and, uh, and, and do an avoidance uh, strategy, I guess. Yeah, it's like putting down the the phone, you know, when you're checking that one last email in the evening, what we don't realize is that one last email gives us a hit, gives us a fix so that we can keep focusing on what's going to keep us awake. And, and I'm as guilty as anybody else. I had it last night. I had it this morning. I want to jump back to the computer, but we have to be disciplined. Mm -hmm. In fact, people think of discipline as going to work. And I would say being disciplined is actually taking a break. Mm -hmm. It is more difficult for people to slow down than to speed up. Funny you should mention that because in that film, they're all, they also go to Finland and they go into the schools and, and I guess the, the, the students 
students there are performing just at a higher level than the U.S. students. And you know what their secret is? No homework. No. Isn't that, that makes sense. Isn't yeah. that crazy? They want them to play. They want them to get out there and have fun with their friends and do sports. And and none of this three, four hours of homework. And it makes sense. I mean, you should be able to learn everything you need you know, in an eight-hour day. Well, and you can think about your day as a series. This is one of the things I learned from Jim Lair. Think about your day as a series of sprints instead of a marathon. I do marathons, too. So I, I love the marathon. But you can't see the finish line at the marathon. You actually have to conserve energy somewhat so that you can make it through the whole day. As opposed to seeing your day as a series of sprints. One of the first things I encourage business people to do is to see each hour as a 50-minute work hour. Therapists do it massage therapists do it, counselors do it. The, the key is that we need transition time, not just physically to get from appointment to appointment, but mentally to complete what we have just finished mm-hmm. and transition into the next thing, breathing our way through so that the brain is open and ready to absorb that new content. And, and how about this myth of multitasking? Talk about oh. adding to stress. <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, you know, the myth is, gee, the more things I could do at once, the more productive I am. I think that's the exact opposite. We need to focus one task at a time, Absolutely. right? Multitasking is the enemy of extraordinary and yet we crave it because it's the way we've trained our brains it's not the way we're hardwired by the way we are hardwired to focus on one thing at a time Mm -hmm. and scans show that the brain cannot focus on more than one thing at a time so there's what's called a switch cost every time we have to switch what we're paying attention to Mm -hmm. it wastes time it wastes energy and more dangerous is it increases the stress hormone cortisol which has been shown to kill brain cells Mm -hmm. so multitasking literally is killing us and i would be embarrassed to tell you how many browser windows i have i see you i see I see you over there. I'm, I see you. I am scrolling See, Joe, I, I come in here without, I, for the record, I come in here without my iPad, and there's a reason for that. Well, I have to get on Heidi I'm Hanna. here doing radio. HeidiHanna.com. Okay. I had to be there for So that, all of you so. who are wondering why I haven't responded to your 132 emails over the last 60 minutes, I'm doing radio right now. So this Still Alice obviously made an impact on you, the book, then yeah. the film. I didn't see the film. Uh, her personal life, is it, apparently she diagnosed herself in her 50s that she had, was that So it turns out it was a fictional story, but it was written by someone um, who had a background in neuroscience. I actually thought as I was reading the book, it was a true story and it was gut-wrenching because the character is a neuroscientist. And so as she's going through the process of experiencing this, she's actually recognizing what's happening to the point that she leaves a letter for herself for that time when she forgets too much. And there is a real life story very similar that I would encourage you to check out. It's Jill Bolte Taylor. Mm. Um, Her book is called My Stroke of Insight. And she had a stroke Mm. and because she is a neuroscientist, scientist, she literally knew which part of her brain was deteriorating. Mm. And she discusses her experience in the hospital. It was actually the left part of her brain that was damaged. And that's the more logical, analytical part of the brain. The right side was fully functioning. And what's so fascinating is that the right side of the brain picks up energy. And Mm. so she didn't know who people were, but she could feel their presence. Mm. And as she started to rehabilitate, she's become very passionate about teaching healthcare practitioners about how they show up for their patients. I have another very good friend, uh, Beth Usher, who's in my humor mm-hmm. uh, association, who had um, a hemispherectomy, I believe it was, believe it or not, by Ben Carson, mm. removed wow. half of her brain. Mm-hmm. And yet she is the funniest, kindest, most loving person I've met because she's not overanalyzing everything. She just mm-hmm. shows up and is fully herself. So obviously I'm not saying get rid of half of your brain. What I'm saying is we need to pay a little bit more attention to how we show up and the energy we bring to the space that we fill instead of just thinking, multitasking, being everywhere but here. Now, neurogenesis, they, they discovered that we can grow brain cells, 
right? Absolutely. And uh, aerobic exercise is a good way to do that. That's yeah. one of the, the key ways. Meditation has shown to be helpful. Learning a new language. Jogging. Musical instruments. Jogging yeah. helps, right? Yeah. I think it helps. I, Richard might overdo it a little bit. Richard, one more marathon, your brain's going to explode. Well, <laughs> you know, the, when he I'm running, going I don't, and going I don't and think going. about anything when I run, which is why I like it. I don't think well, about anything. Th you know what? It is therapy. And, right. and actually, the, the, very uh, meditative. Uh, doctor, I think it was name, his name was Dr. Costra, Costra Laba or, or whatever. I read that book um, and that actually helped me quit smoking when I took up jogging when at the age of 22. So, um, you know, I do believe that, you know, when you jog, you do get the runners high. And you do, that, there's no question. Hey, yeah. Hi Heidi, how do people find you? Um, well, people can find me on my website, which is under construction, but you can still find me there as we uh, add all the new great and stuff. HeidiHanna.com. There you go. Heidi, and there's no H on the end there, folks. So, Heidi Hanna, thank you so much for being thank our you. guest. Thank you. Really Sean. appreciate it. Thank you, Sean Puckett. Richard, great seeing you. And thank you to Mike Hansen, who, for our board operator, for making it sound terrific. And uh, next week is Brenda Geiger, I believe, right, Richard? I believe that's correct. There you go. So, But thank you to Mike. Thank you to Craig Blank, our account executive, and to Dave Sniff, our programming genius here at KFMB. All these podcasts. Podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time.